Welcome to Sober.Coffee, a weekly coffee chat sharing experience, strength, and hope for anyone on the sober road to recovery. You can download Sober.Coffee weekly on all podcast platforms and check us out on Instagram at Sober.CoffeePodcast and on Twitter at SoberCoffeePod. To learn more about us and to help support these sessions, visit online at Sober.Coffee. Here are your hosts, two guys on their own path to recovery, Mike and Glenn. Let's join them at the coffee shop. Good morning, Glenn. Hey, what's up, my Zooming brother? I know. I'm so digital, you know? I know, it's, totally. It's, hey, it's, that's what, you know what, though? I mean, technology's cool because, you know, it just helps you hit any curveball. Technology can help. And yeah, it can also hurt, you know? you know, if you're relying on technology and it doesn't work. You know, there's not too many Plan Bs out there, but uh, we have Plan B in motion this morning. Mikey's uh, in the virtual Zoom coffee shop. I love it. I'm like levitating. I'm levitating in my little yeah, but square folks can't here. see folks can't see you levitating. I know, but I can see myself levitating. I know you're doing a good job. I no, I totally it's get it. It's all about it's all about me, Glenn. Don't forget. Don't totally forget get the it. Rule. Yeah, so how, how how was your sober week, man? I I have found I continue to find that I can get through anything sober. I for years I never thought I could get through anything in life without having a drink, and now I'm continue to find, continue to prove I can get through anything sober. So good to be here, man. Yeah, it's good to be here too. Did you get through a lot this week? Yeah, I mean it's just a normal week. Normal week. You know, got a lot of plates in the air. Got a lot of people I love serving. How about you? You're a normal. You're a normal guy. How about I you? Had a, I had a slightly abnormal week. Why's that? I went out to a social event last night, but I was like <laughs> all never, by myself. You never I go know. social events. You went by yourself. And I, and I went by myself. Yeah. God, you know what though? Sometimes yeah. that is so recharging. Just because you know, just I mean, it's good to spend time with yourself. That's good. It was, it, was kind of, it was kind of bizarre, but I had a good time. So what did we'll you talk do? About that. We'll talk about that later. I went to a play. You're a thesbian now? Hey, hey, watch yourself. I think that's I, what they I, call I, people I that go to plays, identify. right? Thesbians? I, I identify as a thesbian. <laughs> but I, but, I, but I, present, I present as a sober coffee dude. That's awesome. That's awesome. So I tell know. me about the play, man. What happened? Well, I'm going to in a minute, but we got a table for three. Can I join somebody in? Yeah, absolutely. This sounded so crafted, and it really wasn't meant to be that way. You didn't even know I went to a play last night. Anyway, I no, I did. Hello. I did know you went to a play because you told All me you were right. going to a play, and All and that's right, not right. normally what comes out of your mouth. Uh, I know, right? You normally, get the I grandkids. Never know what comes out of my mouth? Normally, yes. serving the grandkids or your daughters, or you know. I know. I got stuff. So I'm looking forward to hearing about it. More- Good morning, Eileen. Good morning. Hey, Eileen, How are welcome. You? Hi. Yeah, glad to have you here this morning. So uh, mm-hmm. you're part of the reason I was there. You know, we were in the room together last night, and I don't even know if you knew we were in the room together last night, but you were busy working, and um, I went to a production, Glenn, that uh, that Eileen is the director of uh, in downtown proper Chicago, and uh, I had a fantastic time, watched a fantastic drama slash comedy slash, I don't know what it was, but it sure was interesting. And uh, so it was fun. But the whole reason I went is because, uh, uh, you know, we had we had met on uh, via social media, uh, met Eileen, I think uh, uh, must have stumbled upon our production, our little 
dime production here and and uh said hey you guys are doing something interesting and she's doing something interesting with the art part of her life and i thought it'd be really interesting to have to spend a few minutes talking about the opportunity because you know we all have that that artsy that creative side of us and i just thought it'd be fun just to meet somebody who's share a little bit with somebody who's like putting it out there um really kind of putting sobriety out there so yeah that's awesome and first of all i i Eileen, you must have been up late too. So you're up. It's just you know behind the counter. It's six a.m. here in Chicagoland. Yeah. We, Mikey and I, always say, hey, we're from Chicago, right? Because it beats saying you know we're from Illinois or something, um, you know. But Eileen is actually from Chicago proper. So <clears throat> you're up early. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, well, first, Mike, I'm so glad you got to see the show. But uh, yes, the the schedule of our show is that we're still working it. We're still, you know, um, it's still in process. So, uh, yes, I was up very late um, finishing a lot of things and having meetings and things like that. But um, happy to be here this morning. <laughs> That's great. So what's the name of your show and what's it about? And kind of, kind of give us an overview. Mm -hmm. So it's called Household Spirits. It is a new play. It's a world premiere by Mia McCullough. And it's um, at Theater Wit, which is in Chicago. Uh, and it's such, you know, and, and Mike, you could uh, weigh in. It's, it's a hard play to describe because... It's about a lot of different things. Uh, there are a lot of different issues and events and things that it touches on. But I would say basically it's about a blended family celebrating Hanukkah and Christmas together while uh, the ghost of part of the family's um somebody's mother and and wife that ghost is kind of haunting the uh holidays and uh for you know both positive and nefarious purposes so we've got basically you call that you call that like drama and stuff but glenn calls that his normal christmas yeah, yeah I'm trying to I, I, i'm trying to differentiate i mean are, are, are you doing yeah, a play right. about my my christmas last year <laughs> <laughs> No, I mean certainly, you know, when yeah. when when I think of ghosts, right? I mean, that's one of the things that we talk about on the show a lot, you know, in this podcast is, you know, how we deal with our ghosts from the past, and certainly with holidays, ghosts tend to come up. So I'm just kind of wondering where where the line is between your play and reality. I mean, that's we we've talked a lot about how like it's it's a play really based in the real world, except for the fact that there is a, a ghost on stage. Mm -hmm. Um and one of the characters, the so the husband of the of the ghost is in his first 30 days of recovery mm -hmm. um and is dealing with that. And so the idea of the past of reckoning with your decisions of everything kind of coming to a head um, is really present for that character. Uh, but yeah, there's, there's so much about the play. There's themes of, you know, generational trauma, um, mental illness, suicide. Wow. There, it's really loaded. It, 
I know um, alcoholism, and and I would say too, it is a drama, but it is very much also it is a comedy as well. Yeah, so I'm trying to find the comedy, comedy. part. <laughs> well, yeah. I'll, tell you, I'll tell you, Glenn. It was like I said. I said at the end, you were. I was. I found myself laughing at parts. I was clearly uncomfortable, but yet that may just zip me with a little zapper, and I'm like, oh. Okay, that was funny right there. I mean, it was it was good stuff. And and what I want to unpack is the the role of the alcoholic. It, it was not just that he was struggling with his own alcoholism, and as, as Eileen mentioned, was in his thirty days, first thirty days. But he was working the program. I mean, I mean, he yeah. knew the lines. He, you know, the references were there. He said, "Keep coming back," and the coins and getting the chip and. And uh, so you used a lot of lines from the program. Oh, oh yeah. You, so that and, was evident. And I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there going, okay, yeah, this dude's really in the program because he's talking. He's talking the language, you know, and he's trying to do his ninety and ninety. He's trying to figure it all out, and and he and 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 the the real part. And I don't want to spend the whole time on the play because it was fantastic, and we're going to tell people how to go see it. But the really fantastic <clears throat> thing is that you know he everyone around him, no one could believe like that he was really that alcoholic, right? They're, they're like, you're not the alcoholic. It's it, it just so, so more from, you know, or mirrored my life. I'm like, like, you know, people around me go, really? You had a drinking problem? I'm like, seriously, dude? Did you have a visual problem? Did you have a hearing problem? Because how can you not see that in me, you know? So I thought it was really, really well done. Yeah, so, so you know, kind of a you know, quick comparison. I got, a, I have a couple quick thoughts. Um, one is <clears throat> the first thirty days. I, you know, I know for me, and you know, I work with a lot of folks. There's a lot of talking in the first thirty days, and you know, a lot of regurgitation of what they hear in meetings and sayings and things. But you know, eventually, and I'm not sure where. You know, I guess it's different for everybody, but it it changes from talking to living. You know, and, mm. and, and I think Mikey, you know, when I was, you know, th think of you when I think of this is, you know, when, when you came in, you took a lot of notes, right? For, for you, it was a, you know, at least it started to be a textbook, right? It started to be, let, let me get reference materials down. Let me make notes. Let me, you know, a, a brain thing. And somewhere for you, you don't take, you don't bring a notebook to meetings anymore. But no, no. I see, right? So I mean, at some point, it goes from the head to the heart, right? So I'll slip in. I'll slip in an index card occasionally. Just well, just, no, that's just great. That's great. Yeah. And and I'm shocked that people around you didn't recognize you had a problem. But Eileen, question: How did you stumble on this play? How did you get involved? Yeah, well, so the the playwright Mia McCullough um, is not not necessarily a, a sober person but has um people in her life who have gone through the program who have you know dealt with alcoholism um and so that comes from a real place you know the the language of people not believing and uh you know of of the language of the program comes from people in her life um and it was important to her that there be you know, at least one person on the team who had that lived experience themselves of being sober. Um, and so, yeah, we sort of uh, got 
hooked up together and um I know you know she was looking for a sober director and I was like well that that's me um and yeah it's it's really been interesting to come at the play from the lens of being sober um and knowing that it is about a fictional character story. So, and, and, and everyone's sobriety journey is so different. So while I, I can bring my own perspective and my own experience, it's also that it's not, it, this character's journey is not the same as mine. So it's been working with the actor and being, you know, kind of trying to give some insight, but also saying like, yeah, this person has, is, is on a different path than I was. Um, than than anyone else was, but yeah, it, it, it's been interesting processing my own sobriety through this piece. Um, I just celebrated ten years in September. Hey, congratulations! So that was that's awesome. Thank you, thank you. It was first, it first was, of all, you you look young. When did yeah, you get sober? When you were twelve, fifteen. <laughs> well, I'm yeah, I'm, I'm so young. I'm just uh, I'm, I'm so incredibly young. No, but I did. I got sober when I was 26, so I did get sober relatively young. Yeah. Um, and I also had a fair amount of disbelief in using the A word. You know, right, sure, I had sure. somebody say to me, "You're not an alcoholic. You're just someone who should never, ever, 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 ever drink." Uh, and I was like, "Oh." But I feel like that that yeah, might shouldn't, be shouldn't there be shouldn't there be shouldn't there be a word for that? Right? <laughs> I think there might be a quicker way to say that. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Well, I will say that uh, in the in the playbill, um, you make reference uh, proudly make reference to your relationship with Bill W. and uh, and I found that to be a pretty bold move because um, just because it is. I mean, I, it'll probably end up in my obituary. <laughs> Which, by the way, you know, I don't have any control over that, right? I do, but yeah, but but you know, and I because I think my wife will want people to know because she's very proud of my relationship with with the program, and um, but but you posted that out there, you know, what else do you? What else are you? Where else are you throwing yourself out there into the world to let people know that you're that that there's a solution? Yeah. So like I said, I got sober at 26 and it it took me a couple of years um, to integrate sobriety into my creative work. Um, but I, so I studied theater at school and I, you know, been doing theater and performance for, you know, a, a good long time now. Um, and in about a few years before I was getting sober, just, you know, the, the way life happened, I started to do less traditional theater and more um, solo performance. So whether it was a full length one woman show, storytelling, poetry, uh, performance art, stand up, those those kinds of things. Um, and that was a sort of it felt more natural to integrate my real life if i'm doing stand up and talking about myself if i'm you know writing stories about my life it was hard not to discuss the kind of the elephant in the room which is the 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 big change in my life was getting sober and and being in recovery um and i found that 
to finally break through and just stop talking around it and to just say, as in, like when you go to meetings for the first time, to say, I am an alcoholic. You know, here are the lessons I learned from being an alcoholic. Here's a story about my alcoholism um, was very freeing for me. And it was also, it just made my work more uh, vulnerable and it made it more straightforward in a way. Um, so I started doing that in the first few years of recovery. Um, and I've done a lot of storytelling about that. And I, you know, have have a full length solo show. Uh, I've done a lot of kind of weird performance art uh, <laughs> about recovery, but I couldn't imagine doing low, low, like performance. I mean, like yesterday, you know, sitting through, you know, it was a multiple hour production. I'm like the creative part of somebody's head that comes through all these storylines and does all this. I mean, trust me, I had multiple things going in my head when I was out there, but I would say that now that I'm sober, I, I have more of a my life is a little more in one lane. I mean, I still know there's other lanes going on around me, but um, but yeah, I was just curious as to as to how do you think the creative juice and and the ability to kind of follow that path, right? Because I think we all have this creative in us, and you know, you're certainly following the path to the you know to the breadwinning extreme. Um, but I know we all have this path. Do you think it helps? I think it really helps my sobriety to have these outlets to really kind of be by myself, not in a solo production kind of thing, but solo producing my own output, creative output, if that makes any sense at all. Yeah. And I, you know, part of one of the other things I do is that I'm a teacher of creative classes. So I teach theater creative writing, you know, all kinds of different things there. And I get a lot of folks who are taking classes kind of just for fun, that they're not necessarily career artists. And I get a lot of people who say, well, I'm taking creative writing for fun, but I don't really have any stories or I'm not really a creative person. And, and I'll be like, well, what kind of, what, what do you do creatively? And they're like, oh, nothing. And I kind of push, what do you do creatively? And they're like, oh, well, I knit or I crochet or I, well, you know, you like yeah. paint with my kids or I, you know, for my job, I do this. And I'm like, no, everyone is creative in a way. But I do think there is something really important about being intentionally creative, um, whether you're doing it for a career or as an outlet or just, you know, as a human, um, I think that we sort of have this, this, um, happening simultaneously, whereas one in American, uh, society, we do not fund the arts properly, which is a whole other kind of conversation. So it is really difficult to make a living in the arts. But on the other hand, I feel like people, think that if they um that there's like a gatekeeping mentality of that you have to be good at art to do art and you so do i not. have that mentality yeah you have that sure. mentality or, or you oh, have that you have i'm just not i'm just not creative the only creative things i do is i create one line social media post and i cut my grass in different like patterns that's it oh 
You're, oh, you, you're, you, oh, he's selling himself so sharp. I am. Right now I, because... I'm, I'm a left. I think it's called left brain, right? I'm a, I'm a number and. But you're a topiary artist, is what you are. Oh, is that what I am? <laughs> That's odd. What? So, I so Mikey's... That, I don't know what that is, but I like that. So, so a Mikey's a thespian, and architect. and and I'm a topiary artist. I love it. <laughs> I'm yeah. writing that well, down. And, and and this is the thing too, right? Where people. Uh, Think, I mean, and, and I have trouble with this too. Um, I'm not a I'm I'm not a very practiced visual artist, for example, so I can't really draw or paint or anything like that. And the reason I can't do that is because I wasn't good at it when I was, you know, ten. And so I've always sort of told myself, well, I'm not very good at at visual art, you know, art you make with your hands. And so then I don't practice it. And because I don't practice it, I don't feel confident in it. And uh, some of the people I teach are children, and we will do arts and crafts a lot. And in the past few years, I have let myself, like, enjoy doing the arts and crafts, even if I am, quote, quote, bad at it, um, because it's fun to do. And I've I've tried to let go of the... <laughs> Again, we're talking about like arts and crafts, but this is the sort of perfectionist mindset I have. I've let go of the fact that it needs to be perfect, that it needs to look like the, you know, the image that we were searching for. And it's just, it's nice to color. It's nice to paint. Um, okay. okay, girl, hold on one second. Eileen, I got to tell you <laughs> something. You just, you just defined the process of sobriety all in that little, in that little paragraph there. Mm -hmm. It's like, it's like you know you're not good at it. You, you you could be better, but you just kind of defined the program to me and and living the program because it's okay for me now to kind of muddle through, not have it all together, kind of like right. uh, the character in the play yesterday, my own my own journey. You know, I don't have it all together, but I'm doing it. But I'm doing it, I, and I'm staying in practice. I think that was the other element I heard you say in there. You're staying yeah. in practice. And that is so important because, because I get rusty. I get rusty when I when I don't go to meetings for a while or when I when I I'm not working with others for a while or when I'm not I'm not engaged in the fellowship for a while or I'm I'm not doing right. You 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 stay in the practice and and I tell myself I I am good at this. You know, this is important. This is an important element of my life. Did you, yeah. did you pick up on that one during that little dissertation there? Yeah. I mean, <laughs> for me, it's, um, you know, it, as I reflect and, and as you were chatting, I was thinking about my, my sober path. It is not a path of perfection. You know, I guess the only thing that, it, that I do perfectly is don't drink. Right. And then, you know, once I, you know, put that guardrail out there, I mean, my, my 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 fairway is so wide, and I mean, hey, some days I make progress. Some days, you know, I just stand still, and some days, you know, hey, I'm probably cranky and you know, step back. You know, it's not you know, it's not major progress every single day. Um, so I mean, it's wishy washy. It's not really defined, but hey, you know, I do have a program, and I move that program. You know, I work to move that program forward every single day. Yeah. 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 It's, you know, it's progress, not perfection. And I think. Except when it comes to know, my grass, my, my, my right. grass, I, I, you know, I'm in the perfect world, but, 
Beyond that, right. it's just progress. And I, I give myself a lot of latitude. And that's one of the things I love about the program. Well, and that's, you know, a theater as an art form, you can't make it perfect because of the nature of the form. You know, it, it is live. It is different. It is people living in the moment. It is, you know, a stage manager is, is is pressing buttons in that moment, trying to hit those cues in the moment, and things go wrong. Even in in a rehearsal, the we because we ran the show twice yesterday. The earlier run, there was like a bunch of dogs out in the alley behind the building barking, and that and you could hear it from inside the theater and. <laughs> We were sort of like the, the Sounds like my life going. some days. Yes. <laughs> it's just like, oh, there's a pack of wild dogs outside. And, you know, film, you can try to perfect. You can try to get the take you want. You can make the actors do it a hundred times. You can edit it. You can, you know, CGI things. You can, you know, do a AI, whatever you want to do. But theater as a form is all about hitting a moving target and knowing you're never going to hit that target. You can have a great show. Everybody can hit their cues, but the idea that it's going to finally be perfect, that's not the point of theater. You know, you, you keep doing the show because it's time to do the show. You don't do the show until it's perfect. You just continue to do it. Um, And my favorite thing about theater too is, is watching actors have to, like adjust to things, you know, like last night an actor came in early and just had to make an adjustment in character and it made sense in the moment. And it, you know, the, the actor navigated through it and I knew they entered early because I know the play and I, you know, told them when to enter and exit and things like that. But it was it's so it's just wonderful to watch that kind of um, on the fly adjustment that that actors have to make. And again, that we have to make in life and especially in recovery that you have to pivot. You have to take what comes at, you know, and just take what is thrown at you. Yeah. And that's one of the keys. So I think in early sobriety, you know, I was going for perfection. You know, I, I saw other people in the room. I'm like, well, I have to live to that standard. <clears throat> and there were probably so many times. I came in early. I came in late, right? Using a stage reference. And and I was so hard on myself. And yeah. I I guess through through the years I've learned to give myself grace, you know, lighten up, right? Um I mean there there's things that happen in life and and I clearly recognize I'm aware today of how it would have thrown me off course, right? I mean if I had come in early, I would have known I nobody else would have known I came in early. But I would have known, and I would have just, you know, lashed myself over that. And you know, I, that's one of the things I'm I'm going to take out of this is, you know, at times you come in early, at times you come in late, at times you miss your cue. It's okay, just pick up and just keep going. Mm-hmm. Just don't miss your cue by drinking. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and I also think too, um, especially when I work with kids, and if kids are worried about like the lines and everything like that. I'll be like, you know, the audience doesn't 
know the script. Right. They don't know what's supposed to happen. So they don't know that you are messing up. I mean, really, you know, except if it's, if it's Shakespeare and people have Shakespeare memorized or something like that, you know, crazy audience members, but no one is sitting out there waiting, waiting for you to fail. And I think in, in the same way of, um, people aren't thinking of you as much as you think they are, you know, in terms of judgment. Um, sure. There, there probably are people who are, uh, waiting for people for one to fail in some way or like there are people who are ready yeah, to boo you right. or throw vegetables at you yeah isn't that the exception rather than the rule i think you're right exactly. i think for the most part i remember i remember a real quick story i was doing a thing for church and they were looking for volunteers to help out with the in the kids wing and uh and they wanted so somehow i got pigeonholed into this drama i don't know how, why but i was like david and I had like 10 lines that I had to, and there was a Goliath, right? And Goliath had more lines than me, right? So I'm like, all right, good. I'm the under, I'm the under guy here. But anyway, the point was I'm walking around my living room the night before and I'm pacing back and forth and I'm saying my lines and saying my lines. I'm like, I'm getting so frustrated because I can't remember what line six is, even though I know what line five is. And, and my wife looks at me and she goes, Michael, there are three. My audience right. is three years old. They're not going to know if right you got the line right, you know. And I'm like, duh. And and I think that's what you two were just talking about. You know, I don't think these are these were David and Goliath biblical experts at three. They they just wanted to be entertained a little bit, engaged and educated, just a little bit. Yeah. And that was my that was my role. Yeah, and again, I think in in theater there there are artists and there are people that that um that do strive for perfection and and it it can be a um taxing environment to create under the guise that it needs to be perfect or that it needs to be a certain way um but i think too you know you obviously like you want to say all the lines you want to hit your cues and things like that but Again, it's it's about living in the moment. It's about creating this story under these given circumstances. Um, that's what people are there to see. They're not there to see you recite a script. They're not, you know, they're there to see you make something. Um, yeah, it's 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 an interesting um, metaphor of like being creative, especially in theater and the um, active recovery, I think also in terms of the collaborative nature of theater is that, you know, you can do, I mean, I've, I've done solo shows like these long form one woman shows where it really is just me behind it all. And <clears throat> I'm the only performer. I'm the only writer. I'm the only collaborator. And that that's fun in a way. But what I really love is being able to be in a room with designers, actors, stage managers, producers, and for all, I mean, I think the team on this is 20, 30 people mm-hmm. and everybody contributing in their own working, way. Working yeah, together. Right. Exactly. Right. And that and makes the, the product better because and everyone has their ideas. 
Hey, can we touch on one more quick thing before we have yeah. to go? Um, 26 years old, you come into the rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous and, and uh, you come into the, the program of recovery. Um, harder now today, now that you're a few years in, do you, do you think it's harder for the 26-year-old to walk into a room today or you think it's easier? Because um, you, again, tapping into your conversation, you so, you know, to me, that seems like you did a lot of solo work uh, in the beginning days of your sobriety. Do you think it's harder, easier for, for a 26-year-old today to walk through the rooms? I would say, I mean, and it's tough, but I um, I think that at least in my community and my circles, people are talking about sobriety more. Um, and part of that, part of being open about it and part of putting it in my bio and, and, and those sort of things is so that people can see that we're out there, that we are, we are legion. We are many, you know, that alcoholics are, are everywhere and doing all sorts of things. Um, you know, the disease is cunning, baffling, powerful. It doesn't care who you are, what you, what you're doing. Um, my, my experience was that I got to a point where I realized I could quit drinking now or I could see if I would die. And that felt like the choice. Um, and I, a lot of people said, maybe you're going to grow out of it. You're so young. You're going to, you know, level sure, out. Sure, sure. Da, da, da. And I, and I, I had people say, you know, you could probably have a drink, you know, now you've been sober, you know, two, three years, like you could have a glass of wine. And I was like, I could also run out onto the highway and I could probably not get hit by a car and killed. There's Maybe. A, but, there's a strong, but there's a strong possibility that's exactly what's going to happen. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think that I, in, in, talking about it and putting it out into the universe in a public way, whether that's on social media, whether that's through my creative work. Um, I feel like not that I've opened the door for other people necessarily, but I've, I have like attracted other people who are, want to be loud about sobriety. Um, and so I think within I will say within like the Chicago creative community, whether it's storytelling or theater, I find that 10 years later, there is a lot more openness about sobriety and that's a lot encouraging. more options. That's, that's encouraging. That's encouraging. Yeah. I didn't know. Yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know how that played out. And, you know, I would hope so. I mean, because look, AA is for grumpy old guys, right? I mean, that's what I heard. That's what I yeah. see. And that's who yep. I am. That's who I am, right? And that, and that's kind of what it be. What it, the 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 that's the brand recognition it has out there. Not twenty six year old creative professionals, you know, walking through the door. And but they're welcome. And I'm I'm seeing them succeed in in the rooms that I attend. I'm seeing yeah, people yeah. come in, and it amazes me. It, I, I give them a lot of credit. But but you're right. You made the choice at the right time. You could have you could have played the game longer. You yeah. Know, and, and you could have, and you could have died, 
you know, yeah. and and you didn't. And I'm really glad you didn't because Ten years you put great. together, yeah, you put together quite a production. Um, tell, just brag on the brag on the production for a minute to give let people know because this is going to be a bonus drop, and we're going to drop it. So just in case people hear this and they're in the Chicago area or want to hop on a cheap Allegiant flight and fly oh, in to see yeah. it, it's well worth it. <laughs> What uh, brag brag on the show for a minute? Well, how can they find out about oh. it? Um, where, when, how? Yeah, so we had our first preview last night. You were part of our first audience, um, which was very exciting. And uh, it's called Household Spirits by Mia McCullough. It's playing at Theater Wit theaterwit.org. and um, previews are this weekend, October sixth through 8th and then uh next weekend we run through november 11th so it's a um just a a little a little over a month a chance for people to see it get down there and see it if you can and we'll throw those those uh links in the resource and that's chicago proper mikey yes indeed yes 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 yeah and um and and i really like i said i really thank you i thank you for positioning um, an alcoholic I could do I li- related a lot to Philip the character and and I related to his his struggle and and I related to I just re- I, it was re- relatable for me and then and then the rest of it I just bought I just bought into the whole rest of the production because because I can relate so much to him and and his quest to 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 be sober you know and and yeah. I'm glad to see that integrated into drama because you don't get that on friends or cheers or 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 uh, cheers that's an old one friends are yeah the they uh, call the it a office. dark comedy uh yeah right yeah good stuff really good stuff yeah well thank great, you Ali, so great, great, you. great to meet yeah. you and congrats yeah. on 10 years that's fantastic thank you we'll go back and get get a little rest before production time today oh no, totally yeah, I might. I may just take a nap. Yeah, we'll uh, see. go back to bed or go to bed. Stealing, stealing a siesta. Have a great day, yep. Eileen. All right, thanks, Eileen. See you next week. All right. Thanks for joining us for today's coffee chat. To contact the show, email us at podcast at sober coffee. If you need immediate help, the AA hotline is 800-839-1686. The National Suicide Prevention Hotline is eight hundred. 273-8255. Remember, Mike and Glenn are sharing their own journey on the path to recovery. Any suggestions, medical or otherwise, are their own experiences and should not be viewed as professional advice. See you next week, and remember, there is a solution.